You're listening to The Culture Cult on Sin. And that was solely by Mahmoud. That's Italy's Eurovision entry after uh, it won the 2019, the 69th San Remo Song Contest. And traditionally, the person who wins San Remo will go forward into winning, uh, into, into being in Eurovision. But it was a very interesting situation because Mahmoud, um, he won the jury's vote, but it was he was completely on the other side of the public vote. So he still won San Remo, but it was a really controversial victory. And some people think that maybe he lost the public's vote because he was of Egyptian descent, um, but the jury just thought the song was incredible. So there was a very, it was a very controversial San Remo. Loredana Berte, a very, very famous Italian singer, came fourth, and everyone was shocked because she had an absolute banger of a song. But um, Mahmoud is it's the fourth ever song to feature Arabic in Eurovision this year. Yeah, I picked um, up on that. There's like a little yeah. line in there that translates along the lines of, my son, my son, come here. Yeah. But it's just a repeated line like oh, a few times. I thought it was a romantic line and now the vision, <laughs> the vision is oh, no. spoiled. <laughs> but yeah, so he's actually one of the favourites to win Eurovision. It's a very good song. and it's been, like I think, Maria, you were just saying, it's had a success on the streams as well, which I didn't realise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Soldi was actually the most played song on Spotify until recently. Uh, it was overtaken by the Netherlands, Duncan mm-hmm. Lawrence, but they're doing really well. They've got a high number of YouTube views and they're they're up there. They've got really oh, wow. good odds. Yeah. Now, those listening might have picked up there's a little bit of sandstorm playing in the background. That's not just because <laughs> we're being silly for the memes. <laughs> there is a connection to Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> And Eurovision this year, Maria. Is it? It's insane. He's there actually is. representing Finland. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> if we get enough requests, we'll play it out. <laughs> is he actually going to be playing this song? Do you know what his injury is? No, I, I have heard it, but it's a bit of a sad story. Personally, oh. though, other people might disagree with me, and that's great. Mm, um, yeah. I think it's a bit of a fall from grace because he okay. took the world by storm with Sandstorm. We mm. still play it all the time. Um, but his song this year is not quite as memorable and he's quite low in all betting odds and booking odds. And okay. he, it's not a bad song. It's great. He's still a great performer. Um, but he, I don't think he's as memorable as a lot of the other entries. Yeah, that's fair enough, I guess. I guess yeah, you can't really – it would be hard for him to replicate this. You, yes. It's hard to catch lightning in a bottle twice. You know? That's right. It's a pretty pretty tough act to follow yeah. up so many years. Yeah, and it's one of those things that only blows up because it's so heavy in meme culture, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still it bops, it mm. bops. Yeah, absolutely. So Eurovision is quite close to happening, Maria? Yes, we're actually kicking off with semi-final one tomorrow morning Australia time at 4am, oh, Tuesday very. night in Europe. Mm. It's very exciting this year. Um It's very exciting every year, but I think this year something that's extremely distinct is we have a lot of male vocalists who are really good. We often have a lot of male vocalists who are really good, but I think it's – I don't want to say it's a women's competition, but – if you look at the winners and the people who sing the ballads yeah, that right. a lot of the classic fans love, it's always a lady. Strong female representation. Mm. Strong female, which is actually really cool because it has been like that forever. Um, but I think it's it's refreshing. Like That's why I was listening to it. And I'm like, why does it feel so different this year? But I'm like, a lot of the favourites are actually um, just beautiful male vocalists. Okay. Who are the favourites? So... I was quite surprised. Uh, the current favourite, based on based on booking favourites, um, I think YouTube views, I don't know for sure, and Spotify views, is Duncan Lawrence from the Netherlands. Mm. 
Uh, the first is that the person you mentioned before with the who's the got the highest stream song at the moment. Yeah. Yes, he. It's a beautiful song, um, beautiful vocals, and it's really well produced. Mm. I think the Nether the Netherlands have a good music culture and a lot of um, good funding towards it, so that usually they produce really beautiful, well finished songs. Um, I think they're overdue for a win, but I'm surprised that it's his song because it's like a sad sort of love song. But he is swimming naked in his music video. <laughs> it's very artistic. Is that why it's got so many views? Yeah. <laughs> Possibly, but Poss- it's working. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. Randomly, that image that popped up, maybe we'll put it on our Facebook page, Coach Cold Sin, it reminds me of there was a winner of the National Geographic Prize, Photography Prize, and that features... Dozens of people swimming underwater, naked, quite majestically. So maybe that's a bit of a theme in art at oh, the moment. It's so true. <laughs> what's what's Kate? How's Kate Miller sitting on the on the rankings? Really Our Aussie high. representative. Woo. Kate is killing it. Um, really high. She's already. She's got a following around the world already. Mm. I think, yeah. especially in the UK. Um, she's. I don't know the exact numbers, but she's in the top ten. She might be in the top five. Oh, okay. Well, if if. Australia win, what would happen? Like, would we have it or do we, like, choose a, yeah, where we, we have it? Or? I have the answer and it's a bit sad. We can't host. Yeah, it makes sense. <gasps> we, I guess we could if they really wanted us to, but I, I don't think we should because of the time zone, the other side of the world. Right. And most of the countries, it's a, it's a public broadcaster um, show. So if you think about the public broadcasters of little countries, like... Um, San Marino, Montenegro, mm. them funding their performance to come to Australia is a bit, I don't think it's within budget. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's why, like, for people who aren't so familiar with Eurovision like myself, I guess there's that question of, like, oh, but how can Australia or countries outside of Europe compete? And it actually relates to the broadcasting licence, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, SBS in Australia is one of our public broadcasters, but they their main focus has always been to um, give multicultural news to our multicultural population. And we've had a strong tie with the European Broadcasting Union and the Eurovision uh, Network for, I think, over 20 years, for quite mm. a long time, longer than some countries in Eurovision. Yeah. So, <laughs> You're going to some of the countries that even existed as well. <laughs> that's right. That's actually really <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. And we've been showing the contest for a very long time. So I think the rules are to be in Eurovision, you've either got to be in the European Broadcasting Union uh, region, mm-hmm. which is a distance thing, or a partner station of them. That's why also like countries like Azerbaijan, um, Israel, Turkey oh. in the past have all... Competed. Even though they're not part of the European Union. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Guys, everyone wants, everyone wants to be European. That's what we can yeah. get out of this. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that, that's the logical conclusion. Everyone wants to be European so they can go on Eurovision. Maria, any final commentaries, predictions, guesses? Yes. Even though Duncan Lawrence is the favourite to win, um, and there's a lot of strong, beautiful male vocalists and a lot of female vocalists that are great this year, I especially love Cyprus and Greece, obvious yeah. bias, but they're beautiful. <laughs> vocalist and Slovenia but I think Iceland I have a feeling Iceland will win mm. uh, they describe themselves as a I forgot what they describe themselves as pin-up performance band um, very latex spikes screaming <laughs> yeah. very intense hard to classify they're very anti all genres um, that's very old-fashioned Eurovision isn't it like back when in the 90s where there was a lot of that sort of glam rock and heavy metal kind of performances coming through, yeah. Very glam, very outrageous. 
and I think they might win. Their song is called Hatred Will Win wow. in Icelandic. And if they win, I don't like the sentiment, but I think it's meant to be ironic. They represent <laughs> yeah. the devil and the angel uh, okay. in their performance. If you guys want to keep up with Eurovision as it progresses, I think it'll be a good idea, Maria, if we have a bit of a thread commentary going on our Facebook page. That's at Culture Cult Sin, Sin's S-Y-N, and Ciao, Bella. Dovremmo ascoltare a Culture Cult con Becca Maria. You're listening to Culture Cult with Becca Maria on Sin. We are talking going back to our roots today, and we said in the intro that we have quite a strong global representation in the studio today. So we have Maria representing Greece. <laughs> Jules, hey Jules, our first special guest today. Yeah, representing Italy. And we're joined by the lovely Evram. Hi. Um, I'm representing Turkey. <laughs> and something I wanted to plug um, for Evram is her wonderful podcast. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> a script roulette podcast producer, a wonderful media maker in the studio with us today. <laughs> you taught me up. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> <Very sorry. laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. Um, so into our kind of first big talk break of today's show, we thought we'd we thought we'd do like a little round robin revisiting our roots. And we had a few talking points to start off with. So we mentioned a little bit of this before. So where we're from, literally, or like our cultural background as well. Um, so do we want to remind our listeners? We'll go around, Maria. Yeah, let's do the circle. Yep. <laughs> uh, my name's Maria and I was born in Melbourne, uh, raised in Melbourne, but my both my parents are from an island in Greece called Lefkada. It's in the Ionian Islands, so that's the side of Greece next to Italy, uh, not the side that has the party islands. <laughs> and we used to go back a lot in childhood um, because the plan was to live there, but then things were not very good there and really good here, and that's that's the summary. Mm. Well, I'm Julian. Um, so, yeah, my parents and my, my myself and my parents were all born here in Melbourne, so I'm third-generation Italian because my grandparents are born over there. Um, but I consider myself full-blood Italian even though I was born and raised here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and I'm from the south as well, which I, I also consider the really the pure Italian, you know, the dark hair <laughs> and the, the brown eyes, so from Calabria and from Sicily, so you can't get more south than that. Love it. So have you been back, Julian? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been back a few times, actually. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm Evram and I um, am Turkish and I'm a first generation Australian. So both of my parents um, moved to Australia about like little less than 30 years ago. Um, and my dad's family is from Istanbul um, and my mum's family is from a city called Izmit. But um, the main part of her father's side of the family is from a small town in the mountains called Iznik, which is quite well known for its um, ceramic tiles and it, um, its ceramic bowls and handmade things like that. Um, and I recently went back to visit only a little less than probably about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I wow. was I was back and I hadn't been back for about three years. Um, but we usually would go back every two years every or so. Um, hadn't been back in a while though because, you know, started a job and then that gets in the <laughs> way of visiting family. But yeah. all of my family lives in Turkey except for like, you know, my mum, my sister and one aunt, uncle and cousin that moved here. But, you know, you have all of your family friends that are here and they feel like your family, even if they're not related so to true. you. So I always thought I had, I was like, oh yeah, I have tons of family, but it's like actually very little blood relation in, left in this country. Yeah. Have your um, grandparents or any other family ever come to visit you guys in Australia before? 
once. Oh, my dad's parents live here, but my mum's mum only came when I was born. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. My grandparents have come back twice, but I feel like every time we've ever suggested to people, why don't you come visit us? It's like, no, that's not a thing that's going to happen. No <laughs> yeah, way. I always get that. Oh, it's Australia's so far away. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's equally as far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the way to you. And then, like, when I was back recently, all of my mum's cousins and everything, they were like, oh, um, like, you know, you guys, are you going to come back here now? Are you going to permanently move here? And they yes. just ask every time, like, they think you're going to come back and this will be the time you come yeah. back. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you understand how this, like, for us, that he is exactly what's been going on. Yeah. Like, yeah it's I think it's really sweet, though, when they say that, because it is a lot of the time, I think, wishful thinking. And they, mm-hmm. you know, yep. there's so many, if I could change one thing, I would just, you know, make the world a little bit smaller. Yeah. And we'd all love to have our family all together, yeah, um, I guess. So, yeah, that, that comes from the heart. Um, so, yeah, my background is, so my father was born overseas in Lebanon and my mum was born here as well, so both both Lebanese background. I mentioned earlier that I hadn't been back for quite some time. Like Maria, you said, sometimes things are not so good in the region and that, that sadly in the past has prevented um, us going back. But I was lucky enough to go back in October of last year for a little while. Amazing. So that was very, very special and I really didn't know how much that would have such an impact on yeah. me, but it was amazing. Um, a really profound sense of deja vu almost, seeing these familiar places as a child, but then as an adult is just so different and so surreal. So a few, for a few days there, I just honestly felt like I was dreaming. It was really so far away and so different. And of course, the opportunity to like reconnect with family I hadn't seen for some time. And to kind of see for myself what the region was like. A lot of people in Australia who maybe haven't had the opportunity to travel to these places, I find, carry a lot of or stereotypes, some good, some bad. And I've always been a fierce defender of them. But I really wanted to see for myself, like, this is actually what it's like. Um, yeah, and hopefully share some of that with everyone on Culture Cold as well. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I know that when I went back to Turkey, it's it's always incredibly like it's a very sort of humbling experience, and you remember like how different um, the lifestyle is, and mm. like it's like, and yeah, it's sort of like this thing where you sort of feel like you. I feel like I'm home, but I also feel like I'm not at the same time. It's an interesting feeling. You said it. Yeah. I think everyone here in the studio can relate. Yeah. I think I think that's what's interesting about being Italian is that um, I come from a country that's very romanticised, mm. uh, especially compared to say Lebanon or Turkey that mm. um, has had a lot more turmoil, especially in recent times. Yep. I'm from a place that everyone's like, oh, we've got to go to Italy for a holiday, mm. and we're gonna mm-hmm. like really live it up. And I think it is really interesting, especially when you sort of have the context of of having a family, especially in the south, which is a notoriously and historically poor region is that you see um, what it's actually like when you're away from, you know, the beautiful canals of Venice or the history of Rome is that you realise that, yeah, like Italy is also struggling quite a bit mm. economically still. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a perspective that you can only really get when you're a visitor to family Yes, at these sorts of places. Yes, I completely agree. I always, like, people always like, oh, you know, you went to Turkey, how was it? And I mean, like, I love going back to see my family, but going as, like, someone who has family there and it's like a, you know, it's like, you know, your second 
same like country of nationality mm. is completely different to going as a tourist. Like it mm. is like, you know, everyone's like, oh, did you go visit this, go visit that? I'm like, no, no, no. This is like, I'm going back home to like see my cousins yeah. and see like, you know, my grandparents. Like this isn't about like, you know, going and partying in, in Europe or something, you know, yeah. which is what I think people kind of mentally don't, they don't understand the difference, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I've had the sort of thing where I've had the, the tourist part of being in Italy when I've like gone on for, a, I've gone on a school tour and I've gone on my own holidays. I've mm. gone exchanges involved as touristy sort of stuff. But then, yeah, I've, I've also had the homestays with strangers and I've stayed with family for mm. a few mm-hmm. weeks. So yeah, and just the, the contrast trust between the two of them is so different because you get a completely different perspective. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So relatable. I did both as well. Last year, for the first time, I went to Mykonos, the islands everybody goes to and to my own mm. and you're so much more conscious of the people working and running the mm. island. I find like we spoke with a lot of the workers in Mykonos and no one, very few of them actually live there. People flock there to work. Mm. But then in our island, but also Mykonos was a lot of fun and all the rumours you ever hear are all 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice and you don't have family like chatting to you all the time and like, yeah. Yeah. Us, let's do this, yeah. which is still nice. Um, but then we go back to our island and it's you're conscious of the humans all the time. You're just conscious mm. of the family no matter where you're working and everybody's working all the time because mm. summer is when summer when is the work happening. season. Winter, everything closes. Oh. How do, how do things, interesting you bring up that sort of the stereotypical sort of thing, how do the stereotypes stack up for in your countries in the smaller towns? Because in Italy, it's 100% true, the stereotypes. Like you have the, you have the Italian, you have the Italian nonna who's always wearing black and is constantly cooking and you're constantly eating Christmas lunch worth just for yep. a Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> and you don't eat again until nine o'clock because you're still full from lunch. It is 100% accurate. It's, it's all exactly the way you think it is. Is that the same for you guys? guys uh yeah i mean like it's pretty much exactly the same but one thing that's interesting is that like i think people overestimate like in turkey people actually very like there's free education in turkey and people are very educated like university is free and um there's like i mean we don't have that in australia Mm. and so like there's you know my mum and my dad when they went to uni they got a free education and there's like lots of things there that are like i think people don't they underestimate like you know how smart and how um engaged the citizens in turkey are and like also turkey is such a like there are a lot of stereotypes but it's sort of like turkey is such a big country that from one side to the other it's almost like a completely different country essentially and like I've personally never gone really beyond Ankara which is kind of it's like the capital and it's sort of like close to the center of Turkey and I've never gone further than that so like I mean I recognize that it's very I can only really represent like a small portion of like the country in comparison to like how dynamic and different all different parts of Turkey are. Yeah, I think that that's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we can only speak from our own yeah. experiences, but education was a big one that I picked up on, especially visiting Lebanon. Mm. Um, I didn't realize, for example, how hard their equivalent of, say, VCE or HSC mm, mm-hmm. is here. They do about a dozen subjects and have to do a language, have to do a maths, have to do a science, where we might have a little bit more freedom in what we choose in year 11, year 12, but theirs is very demanding. And I realized how much they value education 
Um, it's a really important thing and I guess they associate that with, you know, getting opportunities, being able to work. Education is backing yourself. Mm-hmm. And I realised here, maybe in Australia, sometimes we might take going to university or TAFE for granted. Oh, totally, 100%. Um, and, you know, we sometimes we might just be doing it because, you know, we want to make our parents happy or we just, we don't want to be bored. <laughs> But it's, you know, sometimes sometimes we grumble about, you know, like 8am lectures or whatever, but it's really, really important. Um, And through seeing university over there, I noticed a real strong reaction in young people, especially to things like politics and social issues. Mm -hmm. So I found young people had a lot to say on these issues and seeing the student elections that were running at the time, they were taken very seriously. Like, they were showing news updates on TV and their parades or their promotion of their different parties, you know, people were going in their cars, waving their flags down the street. And I thought, oh, I didn't know there was an election on at the time. And the people I was with told me, no, it's just the student elections. But it was that big. Yeah, so I found that really, really interesting conversing with other young people over there because they had a lot to say and a lot of the reaction to politics is witnessed in art and music. So, for example, I played Metro Leela just before. They're a very highly engaged band. And they formed back in 2008 where Lebanon was coming out of one of their many turbulent times, unfortunately, with, you know, attacks and war and so on. So that's almost their... I don't know, maybe that's how they they deal with it almost, Mm, mm. through music, through discussion, through art, through educating, through education. Um, So, yeah... That was just one big highlight that I picked up on. You're listening to Culture Cult on Sin with Everham, Jules, Maria and myself, Bex. We're going to keep kicking on and we'll thank Everham for joining us in this segment. Oh, I appreciate it. It's been a really fun discussion and it's been great to see such a diverse group of people doing great stuff. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Culture cult on sin. Yes, and this is our going back to our roots, our cultural roots uh, themed show today. Uh, We spoke a little bit before about what it's like to actually go back to our countries of origin and where our families are from and how that's a very special experience for all of us. We spoke a little bit about stereotypes and things people think about our regions and whether or not they're true and having all of us have kind of gone back to our our regions and some of them have stuck true in quite humorous ways. Um, does anyone want to kick off? Uh, Maria, you had a funny thing yeah. you oh, wanted to mention. I have a few, but I was going to say, <laughs> going, them back, all. going back to, there's the stereotype of going back to the village uh, but I think most people are from villages or little towns. That's why they moved to Australia. It mm. sort of makes sense. But not Rebecca. Scoff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Just big brag. <laughs> That's a weird flex. <laughs> but it's cool. That was um, that was something really cool I found because Rebecca's family's from Beirut, the capital. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone is really proud of like their villages and they really do jewels, like you said, they flex where they're from. Yeah. And it's quite often the first question they ask you. So if people are like, Where are you from? Oh, Lebanon, Greece, Italy, Turkey they're not asking you the country, they're asking the specific geographical location. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was gonna say we're from an island and even like obviously there's people in little villages on 
their mountains and things, they have their farms. But even in the main towns, a lot of people will recreate the farm, even though there's not much space. So everybody has chickens. So sustainable. (laughs) Yeah, people live. It's actually true, though. People do live off it in the winter because hospitality dies. So money dies. (laughs) But the chickens, the chickens are around. The chickens give you your eggs and your meat and your goats give you your cheese and you don't need anything else. And honey, people make a lot of honey, but everyone. And now like because uh, the hotels and hospitality people are building up on it, there's stricter restrictions on your land and how many farm animals you can have. So my grandma has to hide her chickens. (gasps) Oh, no. How many chickens does she have? Oh, you just gave it away to uh, Maria. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the Greek government is listening. Tuning in. Yeah, a big, a big audience in Greece. Yeah. It's in, yeah. She had a lot of chickens back in the days and goats, but now she has no more goats. And I, I can't count the chickens. There's a lot less, though. Um, they're mainly for laying eggs. I don't think she slaughters as many anymore or breeds. Rebreeds them too yeah. much. Mm. Yeah. What about you guys? Uh, I think it's funny that you mentioned the thing about like where people, when they ask where you're from, what they're actually asking. <laughs> because like, um, so my mum and my and her sister, my aunt, grew up in this city called Izmit, which is like a couple hours away from Istanbul. And like, whenever we like meet a new Turkish person, especially in Australia, and then they'll be like, they ask where you're from, and then you're like, oh, you know dad's from Istanbul, my mom's from Izmit. And like, I don't know what it is, but it's like if they know someone else from Izmit or they're from Izmit, it's like such, it's like so important. They're like, yes. you know, um, and I remember like I had a boyfriend at the time and then like this guy like met and he was like, oh, where are you from? And then I was like, Izmit. And he was like, oh, you're lucky you have an Izmit girl or something like that. <laughs> so that like, you know, it's, I don't know Stashes. what it was. It's like, there's this weird, like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm from Izmit. So that's like really, that means that like you're good like me or something. I don't know. It's just like really funny. And I was like, Yes, um, thank you. Uh, that is a compliment, but I just like mm. didn't. I guess I don't comprehend it quite as much as they do. But I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, that sort of thing is really in Italy as well. Like the whole regional, like where yeah. you're from, yeah. and being very proud. Like uh, I know so many Italians here in Melbourne when they're from. Puglia or from Calabria or they're from Veneto and they're all just really like it's that, it's that sort of thing yep. where we're the we're the best region there's a bit of rivalry <laughs> there they think oh you're just from Calabria you're a southerner and but it is that sort of thing where there is that idea of one's better than the other mm. but it also isn't a bit of jest because yep. especially when you're here because we're all Italian but when you're in Italy it is a bit it is a bit more like that I mm. guess I, I did encounter a few people that were kind of like oh you're from Calabria good <laughs> thing you're Australian though because like when you're there it's just <laughs> like, I'm the Australian, not the Italian, whereas uh, here, yeah. I'm the Italian, not the Australian. Yeah. So Even true. though I'm in Italy and I'm thinking, I want to be considered an Italian, everyone know me as an Italian, but they're like, no, you're, you're Australian. I have an Australian accent when I speak Italian. I wasn't born here. I've only been here for like a few months. So yeah, it is what that is, sort of thing. What do they call you in Italian? Like, how do they say the Australian? Oh, L'Australiano. Oh, <laughs> like, just, yeah, the Australian, yeah. like, yeah. Just Lots say I am from people didn't understand whenever we tell people, like, especially, like, other, like, locals, like, you tell them you're from Australia. Like, my grandfather would always be like, my, my you know, my grandchildren's from Australia and stuff. And they always yeah. think that he's saying Austria because they kind <laughs> yeah. of, like, in their head, they don't even comprehend how right? far away Australia is. So they're just like, Austria, because, like, that's, like, a bit closer. So they're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, that's probably makes more sense. Um. 
but yeah, it's really weird. And then when you, they understand Australia, they're like, their mind just like explodes. They're just like, what do you even mean? Like, I can't even comprehend that. Yeah, it's like so, it's like very sweet and like sincere and, you know, you yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Maria, when you asked, you know, how is Julian introduced to people um, when he goes back to Italy and they introduce him as the Australian. What's your name? <laughs> Similar sort of thing, but also they they refer to you as like the daughter or the the daughter or the son mm-hmm. of yeah. someone or yep. the nephew of, yep. of someone or the niece of someone. And it's how you introduce yourself too. If, yes. I, if I'm at the shops in Lefkada, like they'll be like, who's do you belong to? Yeah. <laughs> like, I am the granddaughter of Harilo and Eleni. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's always this almost agency to establish like the family connections and so where you're from and who your family are which mm-hmm. it's just a bit, bit strange like I don't really introduce myself as like oh I'm Eddie's daughter here. <laughs> yeah I think there's a bit more of an emphasis on family overseas like like mm. I said like pretty much every day the there's the families together in Italy having lunch together which is really strange because like I mean you know we would barely have lunch together you have dinner together with your family but not lunch like especially because it's that culture in Italy where you're open from 8 till 12 and then from 3 till 7, and there's all that there's that three-hour lunch break because everyone goes home, they eat, they have a nap, they relax. It's a very, like, retail and customer service in Italy is very, very lax to, to, the, to the point where they are just closed randomly for a few hours. So unless you, <laughs> Sounds if awesome. You're in a, yeah, yeah, it's great. That. But if you're, in, if you're in a small town you want to do something around that time, you can't. Like, a couple of times mum wanted to avoid the big lunch because she was like, it's just too much. Mm. So we'd walk around and we were getting weird looks from people driving around because they were like, these are clearly foreigners because <laughs> there's no one else who would be on the street when it's 40 degrees in Calabria. Yep. Everyone else is at home having lunch and sleeping. Mm-hmm. As a kid, Julian, were you told uh, the word for early afternoon? Were you told, don't play, it's the early afternoon. People are eating and like... Oh, not really, actually. Oh, okay. No, not That's here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like in, in Italy. I, I never, I, first time I went to Italy was when I was 17, actually. And the first time oh. I met the family was when I was 20. So oh. I never had that, that young experience in Italy, yeah. So is that time you're saying, Marie, like usually reserved, like just for resting, eating? Yeah, I was feeling everything you said is the same. We take a lot of influence from Italy, though, because we're right next to it. Yeah, yeah. And that family lunch is huge, but people also siesta. It's mainly the older people, mm. like young people keep working. Working, mm. but it's still quiet time. Like, yeah, lunch. Where every like the whole house kind of dies down a bit. Yeah. Is it the same thing with uh, where a lot of the restaurants and the shops will sort of shut down for a few hours as well. They'll have mm. a break. Not as much now. It used to be a lot more. Yeah, because uh, now everyone's everyone's trying to be on the ball as much. But it's still it's in the small towns, a hundred percent. But it's also it's also siesta. And if you're a child, like they'd always be like, it's not like it's the middle of the night and people are yelling at you because the kids are asleep. But in the middle of the day, they'd be like, you can't play. It's the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> everyone here would be, all the kids would be playing at lunchtime. Yeah, of Isn't course. Isn't that interesting how the siestas, this globally known as a Spanish thing, but like a lot of ethnic countries do it. Yeah. It's very interesting. They can't claim it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny that you mentioned that there's like quiet time because some of my earliest memories, like when I was a child, is like being in Istanbul and like it's just constant, nonstop, just like beeping of like cars. Just like <laughs> yeah. it's just like so much traffic in Istanbul and it's like so intense mm. and it's like just nonstop. And like now, whenever I hear like traffic, I'm like it kind of reminds me of Istanbul. Like, oh, that's kind of sweet. If yeah. I'm like sitting in sitting somewhere and I'm like, oh, there's all these cars beeping. Outside and all this totally. traffic, it like literally makes me think of a symbol. Or if I like smell 
I don't know if I like smell cigarettes or something, and then there's traffic outside. I'm like, oh, it makes me. That's think so of this nice stuff. that like the two of the worst <laughs> so things weird. in the world, I where know. having cigarette smoke blood in your face and being stuck in traffic, <laughs> remind you of of it Turkey. Does. That is so nice. No, it's it, lovely. Like, it actually like is a very like I don't know. It was a memorable experience when I was a kid. It's like funny because you guys mentioned that there's like siestas and stuff like that during the day. Um, there's like you know at the moment it's Ramadan. Um, mm. And, like, uh, when you're in Turkey during Ramadan, like, you can't... Like, even, like, I'd say Istanbul is a little bit different, but in most of the cities and towns, like, you wouldn't... Um, lots of shops are closed during the day, and that's just, like, how it is, especially totally. restaurants. And um, it's also, like, you know, not very polite to be eating in public as mm. well. Like, if you want to eat food, um, you should be inside and, you know, out of sight of people just because, like, to be polite. And, yeah. um, you know, those sorts of things. But when I was little, I totally didn't comprehend any of that stuff. And I'd be like, I want to eat, you know, yeah. McDonald's. McDonald's or whatever. Yeah. I like didn't understand. And my grandfather was like, "Shut up!" Like, you know, just like <laughs> <laughs> just straight up savage. Yeah, and I'm like, just like, oh. shut up. <laughs> Can you imagine just like your grandfather telling you to shut up? How do you say shut up in Turkish? Oh, just like it's basically sus. <laughs> you're like sus, sus man. That's like gross. that's what they just like yell, and then you're like, ah, I don't understand. I'm a child, but yeah. like yeah, it's just like a, such a whirlwind. Yeah, it's really quite. And it's so dynamically different because I feel like, you know, Melbourne, nothing ever stops, you know, mm, which is yeah. like... It's, I feel like that's a very Western thing. Yeah. And, and, like, we don't take the time sometimes to think or be present, which I think yeah. is really different to how a lot of um, European countries are, you and we know. we're a 24-7 culture. Everything opens. Everything's heading to be open 24-7. You have to on all the time. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Is it the same in Lebanon? Is it a very... Is it quiet during the lunch times or... Is it big? I think similar to what Evram said during Ramadan, I think the, slop, mm. the shops slow down for a little bit and then everyone, obviously, when their fasting's finished, um, it's it's all on mm. again. And Huge party. Yeah, but <laughs> no, just, Beirut doesn't sleep. Yeah. It's, it's that constant beeping and traffic, like you mentioned, Evram. And I would say once you've learned to cross a road Somewhere like Beirut or maybe Istanbul, (laughs) you are crossing the road champion. You can cross a road anywhere in the world. Oh, it's the same in Italy. You have no right of way. You just got to walk. Stick your hand out. You just got to walk because then you've got to think that these people don't want guts all over their (laughs) car or have to worry about the police coming in. They they will stop for you. You just got to go. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit easier perhaps when you're a lady and you just, you know, pull your hand out and you're like, this is my way. I always felt like a bit of a boss doing that. Yeah. This is the culture cult on sin. I would love to spend the rest of the day talking with you guys. I feel like we could keep talking all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that we're almost at the end of our show. I'd like to thank Evram once again. Oh, thank you. Representing Turkey on the globe today in our studio. Thanks, Rebecca. And sharing her anecdotes with us. <laughs> Jules as well. Thank representing you. Italy and Calabria. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Italy and Calabria, those two separate things. Want <laughs> <laughs> to rep your region. Yeah, thank you. You're listening to The Culture Cult on Sin with Bex and Maria. Yes, this has been our very special, very humbling episode on going back to our roots and sort of revisiting those cultural connections that tie us all together nicely. And thanks to our special guests, Julian and Evram, for being on the show today and and providing their own anecdotes and experiences uh, with us. We'll be back same time next week, same time Tuesday, 9am. 
on Sin. I'm sure Maria will have more Eurovision news for those those waiting for her updates. And I'm sure we'll have our own commentary going on our Facebook page, which is the best way to keep up to date with us. That's Culture Cult Sin. Sin is spelled S-Y-N. And we love for you guys to be a part of the show as much as you like. We're often asking for your own stories and cultural quirks as well. We didn't do cultural quirks today because basically the whole show was <laughs> cultural quirks. But I'm sure that segment will be back next week. And that's um that's us for another week. So thanks to my lovely co-host Maria for being with us. Thank you, Bex. And we'll see we'll see you next time, guys.